welcome to London Runway Style. Each episode we look at an article you can find in our pages, so if you want to listen with a visual aid, head to londonrunway.co.uk for a digital or print copy. Today we're looking at issue 77 and a look into the closet, Queer Fashion History by M. Poncia. There is little debate about the capacity of fashion to portray and even form identity. Whether this is on an individual level or pertaining to group status, what you wear serves as an immediate indicator of who you are or who you want to be perceived as. To this extent, queerness has historically often been shown through styles of dress, sometimes being codified so that only those in the know would recognise it, and sometimes overt and intended as a statement of brazen queerness in the face of a heteronormative society. A note on terminology. Discussing queerness in relation to historical fashion requires an examination of our terminological norms. To be queer has been reclaimed, having previously been used as a slur that points out different from the heterosexual norm. Queerness has taken on broader meanings, and to queer can be considered as a transgression of boundaries or an upset in the normative world order. Thus, using the word queer to describe non-normative identity should be understood to be facilitated by modern use of language and not something that people would have self-identified with historically. Fashion as we think of it is queered inherently because of its connotations. For example, being regarded as an inherently feminine pursuit in the modern day, a man who shows an interest in fashion is automatically queered in the eyes of society. And yet, it is an industry where most of the big players have historically been lauded men. Furthermore, fashion often queers, transgresses, the accepted boundaries of clothing. Flamboyance and material excess have become visual synonyms for avant-garde fashion, but also for queerness. Bringing into focus previously ignored queer history, therefore, helps us to understand fashion as means to create and adopt identities, and also how fashion itself can be considered queer to its very core. Codified queerness. An aspect of understanding queer visibility in fashion history is recognising codes that signify belonging to or alliance with a subcultural group. The creation of such codes is not uniquely queer, often also occurring amongst left-wing political movements, or movements where operations have to be below radar. In LA in the 1980s, punks used laces on their trademark Doc Martin boots to signify alliance with a cause in such a way that only their compatriots could recognise. With the area having significant ties to racist organisations like the KKK, it was important to know who was for and against the cause for racial equality, and this was done by using certain lace colours and styles. Purple laces were a declaration of homosexuality, and it allowed young people to show their sexual orientation to their peers without fear of judgement from people outside of the code. At the time, same-sex marriage was not legal in the US. Because lace culture has died down, and very few people use the code anymore, this mode of identifying, recognising and protecting queer people is not well known. Serving as a valuable tool for its contemporaries, it has disappeared in the modern day, its ephemerality continuing the anonymous force it exercised. It could also be argued that the camp aesthetic is a form of queer coding. Sharing some elements with kitsch, camp is a term used to describe an extravagant, flamboyant and often effeminate aesthetic. It is highly stylized and fashion is one of the main ways that it manifests. However, camp is codified in a far less secretive sense. Because of its flamboyancy, it is a queer aesthetic in the sense that it goes beyond normative taste towards artifice. 
It is also synonymous with queerness in that those who use the aesthetic are assumed not to subscribe to heteronormativity. Here, the code is well known, and rather than serving to assimilate queerness into the everyday, it markedly separates queer and mainstream aesthetics. It is a code that marks out members of a group, but it does so in a way that is not afraid of recognition, even welcoming acknowledgement. However, the influence that the camp sensibility has had on fashion since its inception often goes uncredited. Within fashion history, queerness has both slipped under the radar, as we have seen with queer coding, but it has also been swept under the rug in deliberate attempts to brush over and even eclipse entirely queer history. A poignant example of this is the Dancing Marquess of Anglesey, a queer patron of the arts whose legacy was entirely washed over by an ashamed family after his death. Having burned through his immense fortune, Edwardian Marquess Henry Cyril Paget died in March 1905. He had lived incredibly lavishly, commissioning suits made entirely of real emeralds, costumes for pantomimes he put on encrusted with real jewels, and gutted the chapel in his family home to make room for a 150-seat theatre. What has drawn modern attention to Paget's extraordinary lifestyle is the excelling of an extravagant tiara that belonged to his estate. It is expected buying cost is six figures or more, and it features over 100 carats of European and mine-cut diamonds. Paget is considered by historians to have been queer because his marriage was estranged, even nearly being annulled on grounds of lack of consummation. His love for the theatre, extravagance and eccentricity align with more modern considerations of the camp aesthetic, and his lack of contact with family members suggests his being an outcast, which would have been common at the time for not aligning with societal heteronormativity. The case of the Dancing Marquess is a classic one of queer invisibility and erasure. After his death, the theatre was reconverted into a chapel, the family estate was renamed its traditional Welsh name, and most traces of his presence in the house were removed. There was nothing left of the Dancing Marquess. The story serves to show how queer people throughout history have been subject not only to discrimination, but to actual historical deletion. Paget's story is one that has resurfaced, but there are undoubtedly many others whose entire lives and careers have been scrubbed from the annals of time, or who were not able to live their true identity because of social restraints. Final thoughts. Fashion owes much of its visual culture to queer history, relying on queer figures to break boundaries and reveal new cultures to the mainstream. Much of high fashion follows queer trends, and it is queer people that often design some of the most cult items. Deleting the queer influence from fashion history makes for a less than full understanding of fashion today, as well as robbing people of their due when it comes to making and influencing design history. This episode of London Runway Style was presented by me, Chief Editor Rhiannon de Verg. You can find full issues as well as interviews, articles, trend reports and more at londonrunway.co.uk and follow us at London Runway Mag on most social media channels. Until next time, enjoy. Enjoy.